if you're shooting on yourself, if you're saying I should mm-hmm. be doing this, but you really want to be doing this, it's going to end in resentment. So I really encourage stepmoms, keep in contact with those friends, continue going to the gym, don't give up painting, go to that concert that you want to go to. And if your previous life and your new life are destined to join, they will. But throwing yourself one way or the other is going to be a bumpier road. I know you are doing the best that you can right now. Your relationships matter to you. You are important. And yet over time, we get stuck. We get lost or we stop showing up as our true self. We get hung up on the stories we tell ourselves, the comparisons, or feeling like we are not good enough. I'm Not Your Shrink is a podcast aimed at helping you feel connected to yourself, to others, and to live a life that is in line with what matters most to you. I'm Dr. Tracy Dalgleish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair and being a wife and mother to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Let's dive in. Today's episode is all about how you can navigate a healthy relationship as a stepmom, talking about the taboo topic of recognizing stepmoms as mothers and exploring important boundaries for you to maintain a healthy relationship as you navigate your partnership while also being thrown into parenthood. Joining me today is Christina Nelson. She is a clinical social worker who works in Seattle, Washington. As a stepmom, mom, and wife, she created the Radical Stepmoms podcast and is committed to sharing her raw experience, letting others know they aren't alone. Christina is passionate about providing support to stepmoms and their partners, assisting them in getting unstuck so they can build the love and life they desire. Before we go into today's episode, I want to remind you that I love hearing from you. And one of the greatest things that you can do to support the podcast is to click subscribe wherever you're listening into podcasts and also to leave me a review. Click the stars write a few lines and let me know what you think of the podcast. And of course, I see all of your shares on your channels. I love when you tag me, when you let others know what you think of each episode that you listen to. I'm always so grateful for all of your DMs and messages. Let's go into today's episode. Christina, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. We have been following each other for a while, and I am so thrilled that you are going to join us here today. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is fun. So as we get started, I love to ask people, tell us three things about you. I am pretty much Pacific Northwest raised, which to me is a large part of my identity, just as far as really loving nature. And I grew up on the Oregon coast. So, you know, water is a big soul soother for me. I am a licensed clinical social worker. So I'm essentially a therapist in my real job (laughs) and worked really hard to get to where I am as far as the population that I'm currently working with. And really something that I enjoy doing. And third one, anyone who follows me on Instagram probably knows that I am obsessed with the Friends show and Trader Joe's. (laughs) Those are kind (laughs) of the things that if you also like those things, I will talk a lot about it. Yeah. Okay. 
I want to start here because I think this really resonates with so many people. So in my clinical practice, I see couples who are working to parent together to blend their families. And then I also see individuals, whether it's the man or the woman who are joining into a family where their partner has kids from another partner. And I think your post on this really stands out and calls the experience. I I wanted to start by asking you to just speak of this a bit more. And you said, there's a special sadness that comes with asking yourself, is this all worth it? The sadness in measuring the cost versus benefits of your life, the sadness in surveying your heart for the truth and praying your answer is always yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think I'm speaking to there is that, you know, we as stepmoms enter into a relationship because we want to be with that person. And from that moment on, we are making sacrifices and essentially grieving what we thought our life would look like. On every platform, there's been a post to the extent of no woman wants to be a stepmom. No woman really, you know, grows up as a kid hoping to be in this role. Not to say that this is a terrible, terrible role, but it comes with a lot of complexities that, you know, for a long time, many of us have dealt with silently. And I think that that's what's so great about more and more talk about the stepmom experience. So in that post, I'm speaking to this, once you're in this relationship, and you're dealing with the harder things, it's not the rainbows and butterflies anymore of a new relationship and becoming a family. And, you know, there's so much hardship in that, that you start to ask yourself, did I make a good choice? Is this actually worth it? Are the costs outweighing the benefits? Am I built for this? I talked to a lot of stepmoms who asked themselves, like, I don't know if I can do this. And I think for a lot of different reasons, it takes a special type of person to invest in raising someone else's kids and finding your place and finding your confidence and your power in that role. So I really spoke to that we really have to look within and there's a sadness in that. There's a sadness that we have to ask ourselves these questions because it's so complex. And we're always hoping that our answer is going to be, yes, this is absolutely worth it. You've described so many of my clients' experience. Oftentimes what shows up in the therapy room is the sense of resentment where they'll Mm -hmm. say, you know, there's this resentment in our relationship or a resentment towards the child or towards the ex. Mm -hmm. And it's difficult to sometimes even be catapulted into that resentment so early on in a relationship. I know oftentimes people will kind of have this vision of what they think a relationship will mm-hmm. unfold or entail. And it wasn't this the special piece that people are going mm-hmm. into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, that those expectations, it's really hard not to have them. Right. But I feel like first step is really talking about the realness of the role and being able to openly share the difficulties, whether it's with friends, whether it's with your partner, whether it's seeing a post online, like it's so important to start early on talking about like, Hey, I'm having these feelings. I need to know that they're normal. I need to know that I'm not a monster for feeling them. Mm. And can you, as my partner really help me 
just validate the normalcy of this situation and let me know that you're a partner and walking through it with me. Because I feel like a lot of couples find their tension when, you know, the stepmom is made to feel guilty or made to feel like, you know, when a partner says, oh, well, you just hate my kids, right? Like that's not actually the issue. And when we focus on that statement, we lose that opportunity to connect and really support one another. And when we feel unsupported, that's where the resentment starts to grow, right? right? So it's really normalizing that, yeah, this is really hard and not really taking those really hard feelings as a indicator of your character or that like, I'm a bad person. It's just, this is just the part of the role. And so how do we move through it as a couple and just acknowledge that this exists in our relationship and how can we support one another through that? Support for today's episode comes from Cozy Earth. You know I am all about caring for ourselves, especially in these busy years with our young kids. We are pulled in so many directions, but I think it's so important for us to find ways to nurture ourselves that require no additional time from us. I should probably let you in on one of my favorite things to do to look after me, and that is to get a good night's sleep on amazing sheets. I am beyond thrilled to bring you Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding products with an exclusive Mother's Day offer just for my listeners. We've got a code. It's SHRINK, S-H-R-I-N-K, for 35% off at CozyEarth.com. Now, I didn't believe it until I tried them, but I firmly stand by my sleep improving with the temperature regulating technology, which adapts to your body's needs. For the past year, I have not slept on any other brand of sheets. Cozy Earth uses the very best fabrics, materials, and wares, offering superior softness for you to sink into at the end of those long days. I look forward to getting into bed, and we've been loving the sheets for over a year and their sleepwear is so unbelievably soft and it's made with such great quality. But the best part is that if you're worried about commitment, enjoy a 100 night sleep trial and a 10 year warranty on all of your purchases. Head over to CozyEarth.com and use promo code SHRINK for an exclusive 35% off and give the luxury she deserves with Cozy Earth. Support for today's episode comes from ZocDoc. We all know there are things in life we have to compromise on, like the right way to load a dishwasher or whether those socks are going to stay on the floor for a week. Okay, in all seriousness, but when it comes to your mental health, there is no compromise. So we don't need to go back to that one therapist or one physician who didn't align with what we need just because they're available right now. We don't need to compromise on the care we need for our overall wellness. Instead, this is where ZocDoc comes in. This is a place where you can find and book hundreds of types of doctors, including therapists, psychologists, and psychiatrists. And you can find someone who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your well-being. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare hundreds of types of patient-reviewed in-network doctors, including mental health providers, and instantly book appointments with them online. You can search by location, availability, and insurance. Go to ZocDoc.com I-N-Y-S and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. If I needed this app, this is one that I would be going to. That's zocdoc.com slash inys and get the care that you need today. Mm 
some ways, it's a new space for both partners, for many couples, not for all of them. But there's this new space for both people where it's like, how do we do this, right? So the partner bringing the children into the relationship with the previous partner is also still trying to balance Mm -hmm. how they feel. And then Mm -hmm. I guess we'll stick with stepmom, right? Stepmom then saying if she perhaps doesn't have children and she's got feelings that are mixed in there as well. And it's like, in some ways, it can really be a recipe to stir up a lot of shame for both partners. Absolutely. A lot of shame and a lot of misunderstanding, right? And I think that you're right in that both people are coming with those different perspectives and that key is communicating about it and talking about those expectations beforehand. Mm. You know, I had no idea what my husband expected of me going into this mm-hmm. and we're nine years in and I'm still kind of learning about, you know, what he, his hopes and dreams are. And then we have to see that and hold it up to who I am as a person, how I want to be present in my family, what I feel comfortable with. And even if I'm not comfortable with it, and here's a large conversation that we miss out on is just because the stepmom might be comfortable with showing up in a certain way or, you know, whatever, that that doesn't mean that the kids are comfortable or, you know, there's so many moving parts that need to be considered. And I think that a lot of stepmoms feel the weight of that success or failure being on our shoulders because we're the new ones coming in. Oh, we're the new ones coming into the picture and it's right. like oh we're the one that's stirring everything up if we weren't here this wouldn't be a problem or if I didn't have these feelings this wouldn't be an issue and slowly if we're not really supported or welcomed in slowly we get quieter and our voice gets softer and that resentment continues to build because we feel like well it must be a me issue if I'm the one that's constantly bringing this up as a problem, or if I'm the Mm. one saying that I'm feeling this way, but my partner always feels this way and the kids seem to be fine, it must be a me problem. And, you know, I really advocate for stepmoms to see that that might be their reality right now and feel the strength to kind of carve themselves out a space within their family and be able to say, hey, I'm here too. Everyone needs to kind of move over and adjust as well, because I'm making a lot of adjustments. Everyone has to bend and be flexible. How does the stepmom do that? How does she come in and say, look at me like I'm here too, in a way that would be like the best approach to do that? Mm -hmm. I think absolutely. It starts with one, knowing yourself enough. So you know what you want, you know what your needs are, you know what boundaries maybe you want to put in place. Maybe you're not, you know, the ideal butterflies and rainbows type of thing, but the realistic hope of how you want to be represented in your family. Do you want to be involved in going to, you know, extracurriculars? Do you want to know about all the communication with the ex, the mom? And, you know, do you want to be a a participant in decision-making? Like, how do you want to show up? Know that really well, and then start to have really open and honest conversations with your partner in a way that is respectful. And, you know, it is an opportunity to know about each other and to connect and bring it to them as, hey, I've done a lot of soul searching. I have some you know, ideas of how I want to be a part of this or things that will make me feel a part of this because I feel like an outsider and be really specific with your partner of it would be really helpful 
if when the kids came home, they said hi to me, right? And it's something as simple as that that will break mm. a stepmom's heart over and over and over again. But your partner can really assist with that and say, okay, kids, we're going to come home. Make sure you say hi. Like, that's just manners, nice thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. And have your partner, you know, assist in that. But knowing those things that hurt you or knowing specifically what would help you, we can say to our partners all day long, like, I don't feel included or, you know, I don't feel supported. Mm-hmm. But we don't, but our partners don't know what that means and how to fix it. So we got to give them, (laughs) got to get really specific and just continuing having those conversations over and over again and being really patient and gentle because statistically speaking, people say that it takes like at least seven years to blend a family. That's a really long time. Yes. (laughs) I'm glad you brought that up because I was actually going to ask you, okay, you're nine years in and I've heard the Mm -hmm. statistic that it's seven years. And yeah, that is a long time because it is the sense of, are you going to hang in for Mm -hmm. seven years, right? Mm -hmm. Are are you going to say yes for seven years to get to that point? And that seven year part is not a, all of the issues are gone. It's this adjustment. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think a large part of it is people getting used to your existence. You know, I talked to so many stepmoms where they've been married for years and they still get referred to as the other woman or, you know, the new girlfriend. It's like, I've been married for years. I'm not a girlfriend anymore. Or, you know, I think a part of it is that, but then those seven years, it's not like you're TikTok waiting. And then the morning of that seventh year anniversary, you wake up and you feel completely meshed in it takes work and it takes a lot of honesty in that communication and working towards feeling like that blended family but I think overall it takes that amount of time for everyone to feel like okay Uh this is life You're, you're talking about this in some ways ability to really know yourself Mm-hmm. in the context of, right? So here's you, you need to know yourself in the context of also a family mm-hmm. that you're entering into. And we know that just in general for women that we struggle to identify our needs, communicate them in specific ways so that other people can understand them, communicate mm-hmm. them in positive ways so our partners can meet them, right? Like those are the mm-hmm. core pieces of our needs. And I think you highlighted some really important pieces here where when you're saying, I want to be supported. Okay, but what does that look like, right? If if I'm a fly on the wall, what is your partner actually doing if they are supporting mm-hmm. you or if they mm-hmm. are including you? What are those specific intangible things? Something you talk about is the taboo topic around being recognized as mothers. Can you mm-hmm. tell me a bit about that? Yeah, I, you know media and society in general, they don't really look at stepmom in such a great light. I mean, it goes back to all those Disney movies where it's the evil stepmom and Cinderella and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. we are really fighting to not have that be our narrative seen in the amount of Hallmark cards during Mother's Day that are specifically for stepmoms. You will find maybe two or three, maybe. Mm. And it's just the representation that I think we feel, whether it's in movies or, you know, shows or where the joke or, you know, and then there's 
I will say there are a lot of, you know, shows that do have stepmoms present, but they're not really showing a happy, healthy relationship with the previous partner. It's usually, unfortunately, the, the mother has to die for the stepmom to be completely celebrated or included in the family. I hear you. That's brutal. Yeah. You know, we go into this with our own background and our own wants and needs and our own comfort levels. I will say that I don't want to be best friends with my husband's ex ever. I've never felt very comfortable with that. Whether or not there's a kid involved, I just, I personally just feel like it's weird. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There are other families that absolutely can do that. Mm -hmm. And that's wonderful. I know what we tend to do, what our brains love to do is we try to find the right way to do things. (laughs) Christina, just tell me the best and the right way to be a stepmom, right? And Uh yeah, I think what you're saying right there though is that it has to work for you and -hmm. it's going to be dependent based on a lot of different factors and your context and that it's okay if it's this way or it's okay if it's that way as long as it works for you. Absolutely. And going back to that comparison with mothers, mothers are told this too right? Mm. We're seeing all these platforms about motherhood. And, you know, you don't need to be a Pinterest mom, you don't need to be this type of mom, it, you know, show up for your kids, and you know, your kids best. And there's this wonderful support for mothers and having grace, when they mess up, having grace when their house is a mess, or if they yelled at their kid, or there's this unconditional love and support that is I have to say, fantastic. We need that. But stepmoms also need that because they're also doing the things that moms are doing. Mm-hmm. They may not have that biological bond. Mm-hmm. They may not have carried that child for nine months and endured the labor, but they're doing the labor now. My motto, my slogan for my radical stepmoms is mom is a verb. It's not just a title. It's what you do. And, you know, I met my stepson when he was three years old. He was potty training. He was sticky all the time. He was learning manners. He was just a little kid. And he's 12 now. I've been in his life for a long time. Uh And I'm his mom. I'm his second mom. And I love him the way that a mom does. I would do anything for him. I lay in bed at night worrying about how he's going to be starting middle school soon and what that means. You have that bond. And people who can't see, I can just see that on Christina's face. There's a special bond there. Yeah, I feel it's such a gut punch for a lot of stepmoms who are putting in the work, who are being vulnerable with kids and who are laying up, you know, worrying, they're cleaning the dirty underwear, they're, you know, doing all the mom like things, but they're not seen or respected, or celebrated Mm -hmm. for what they do. And I know that like Mother's Day is coming up, and it is one of the worst holidays for stepmoms to experience, because of that exact feeling that, you know, they don't get a card from the kids, or their partner doesn't even acknowledge them, or, you know, because, It often feels like without that acknowledgement or that celebration or that appreciation, we're just babysitters. And that is not how our hearts guide us. We're not not babysitters. And trust me, I don't get paid for what I do. (laughs) So having that appreciation, that acknowledgement is huge. It's what separates us from feeling like just helpers. Right. The recognition. Mm -hmm. 
Support for today's episode comes from Loop Earplugs. For so long after having children, I kept wondering why I was easily overwhelmed and felt like an angry mom. The noise from the kids, the dog barking, and the sounds around me from everyday life. But I now understand that I'm not an angry mom, and instead, my nervous system gets overwhelmed and overstimulated, which is why I've been turning more and more to my loop earplugs to help me stay more regulated and engaged with the family. I'm using Loop Engage to help dampen the sound around me, and these Loop earplugs allow me to still be with every beat and conversation. I still hear Greg. I can still hear the kids. I love that they are so comfortable, and they come with eight silicone ear tips to ensure the right fit for you. The best part for me is that I take them everywhere with me. They are proving the test of time and not to mention they're stylish in my ears. Plus, we love the kids versions, which we've been able to take to the movies for our kids. I'm so excited that Loop Earplugs is offering you, my community, a discount so that you too can tackle that overstimulation while still being engaged with the activities and people you love. Visit loopearplugs.com and use my code Loop times Dr. Tracy for 10% off your order. That's L-O-O-P-X-D-R-T-R-A-C-Y for 10% off your order. There's also this theme that shows up in my therapy room around struggling with boundaries. And in the sense of, so some of the themes that I hear are things like, well, I am the one laying up at night worrying about the school schedule or if we have Mm -hmm. the splash pants or um, I am taking on the mental load of this. And Mm -hmm. then the challenging piece that shows up in there is that how it impacts the relationship because Mm -hmm. there's a struggle with navigating some of those boundaries. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, you know, every relationship is different, right? And I mean, this, I mean, you mentioned mental load and it goes back to the work that women do as women, right? Uh The emotional mental load that we're constantly carrying and the to-do list that we always have. That doesn't change just because you're a stepmom. You're still the female, the woman, the queen in the home who is the home organizer. And it's difficult, I think, for us as stepmoms to just turn that off because that's not our kid. Right. But it also, I mean, I've even found myself being like, well, why don't you care more about this? Because he's your kid. Right. Mm. Okay. Tell me about that. that That's the tension that shows up. So then I've entered into your family, but why don't you care more? Like, how do people Uh handle that? Yeah. First, I think understanding that role and what the expectations are. Right. Mm-hmm. And getting really real and honest about what's important to you as a stepmom. So okay, you've said expectations several times today. I yeah. think we have to highlight that because that's important, right? Is that we jump into roles in any relationship. We jump into roles without actually clearly saying what those expectations, what expectations are. are. Absolutely. And, and then it snowballs and we take mm-hmm. it on. And then later on, your partner comes and says, I didn't ask you to do that. Right, right. And there has been times when I am just upset with my husband because I'm like, I'm the one that's doing this, this and this. And he does say that he's like, but I never asked you to. And then my retort is, well, if I didn't do it, who would do it? Right. Mm -hmm. And that is when we have to like, take a breath and really see the problem for what it is, because it's not a me problem. And it's not a him problem. It is, hey, we have had these expectations that have gone unsaid. 
there are things in our home that need to get done. Who do you think should be responsible for doing them? How can we divide and conquer and see this as a team approach? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of different ways that you can go about having that conversation. But I think the biggest thing right there is acknowledging that that's the real problem. And then for the stepmom to again, look inward and go, is this something that I truly don't want to be doing? whatever that task is, right? Uh Is this something I truly don't want to be doing? Or is it something that I don't mind doing, but I want to feel appreciated for? Mm -hmm. Right? There's a difference there. There's a difference there in that I don't mind being the one to, like, I don't mind grocery shopping. I don't mind meal prepping. I don't mind, my stepson has several allergies. And so when he comes to our home, I'm the one that's making sure we have all the food in our house that he can eat. I don't mind doing all that, but do I love when my husband sees that all of his snacks are in his lunchbox and, you know, whatever. Thank you so much for doing that. I really appreciate it. That right there fills my cup. And I recognize that that's what I need. Mm -hmm. There are other things that I'm like, I absolutely do not want to do. And I feel that he needs to be responsible for this. Mm. And I communicate that. And there's a big word in our stepmom community that's often thrown around and that's disengaging. 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 So disengaging is really what we do when we decide, you know what, it's not within our control. It's not our problem. And it's taking up too much of my mental and emotional energy that it is upsetting my relationship or my peace of mind. Mm. And to choose that, right? Like you have to consciously choose that. Yes. For example, right now, I'm currently disengaged in any communication with the ex. Mm-hmm. Any communication that comes in, because I was finding myself getting way too caught up in the communication and, and what was you know going on. And I said, this is actually taking away from my day. And I don't want to do that anymore. So I need you to be the one to read the emails. And if it's important, you communicate to me what I need to know, whether it's schedule changes or whatever. But otherwise, I don't need to know anything. Mm-hmm. And that can free me up for other things, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, stepmoms have that option. And I think it it can be another source of tension within a relationship to disengage. But again, coming back to communication with your partner, there are some things that my husband is like, I don't want you to step back from this. I want mm-hmm. you to be a part of this. And I mm-hmm. say, I see you, but this may not be permanent. But I need to do this because ultimately in the long run, me doing this is saving our relationship. Mm. And that's what I'm working on. It's an act of self-love, right? Just yes. like boundaries are. And yes, that's essentially what disengaging is. It's the stem mom recognizing this is no longer serving me. I'm finding myself getting too resentful and I'm losing my sense of peace. Mm-hmm. I have to step back from this. If you can't control it, then it's a form of acceptance. And we have to we have to make a shift if we're going to, advocate for ourselves. Yeah. Because you can't make someone else change. So I I think that comes back to that piece of let's just use the lunch boxes, for example, but you know, you're making lunch every day and you're saying, recognize me, recognize me, recognize me. And if they can't, we Mm -hmm. can't make them change. So are they reflecting at first that you have a recognition bucket with a hole in it and -hmm. you've got to give it to yourself, right? Mm -hmm. You ask yourself, can I give this to myself or do I have to step away from that? And it's no longer mine because it's causing me so much stress. And, Mm -hmm. and I think that takes a lot of consciousness and power that's tapping into your wise mind, right? We talked about that in dialectical behavioral therapy Mm -hmm. where 
instead of being from that reactive emotional mind, you tap into the wise mind, which says, here are my thoughts and feelings. I can see those. And then what do I want to choose that's going to help me be aligned with who I want to be, with who, where I want our relationship to go, rather than continuously, it's like being on the hamster wheel of doing this thing over and over again when nothing is changing. Mm -hmm, absolutely. That's where we feel like we don't have control or power, but mm -hmm. we really do. And sometimes we're blaming other people for things, but we're the ones in control of how we view what's happening around us, right? I use mm -hmm. this example a lot when going back to, you know, the stepkids, maybe not acknowledging you in the home. If a stepmom comes home and she sees her family sitting on the couch watching a movie and maybe, you know, no one really invites her onto the couch. The stepmom might feel like, oh, like, I feel like an outsider. I'm just going to go to my room and I'm going to be upset and I'm going to stew that no one invited me to the couch. Mm -hmm. Right. Or you can say, hey guys, uh, scooch over. What are we watching? And invite the yourself onto the couch. The agency there. And it takes a lot, right? And there's vulnerability 100%. there. But I always encourage them moms, give it a try. Mm. Give it a try and what it's going to feel good because you're either going to sit in your room and be sad mm -hmm. or you're going to be sitting on the couch with your family, which is what you really want. Advocate for yourself and don't always wait for an invitation. Mm. That goes back to carving your place in your family. And that you're not always going to get an invitation. And it's not because they don't want you there. It's because they already see you there and you don't need an invite into your own family. Hmm. I think this is so important. It's really interesting. With my kids, we're talking about like, how do you assert your needs and how do you have that sense of agency and choice? And sometimes my son will go down this like, well, why does she get to have this and I don't? Or, right, and we're talking about, you know, is there something that you need? Because it sounds like what you're trying to say is, I need something special or I need something to eat. And so can you ask that or actually go and help yourself to something that you, from the snack drawer, right? Mm -hmm. And so it, it is in that sense, the struggle that we often have where we look outwards and we want others to change for us right. rather than saying, how can I then get what it is that I want and need? No one's a mind reader. And sometimes it's so hard because we don't even know what or why we're actually feeling something, right? But we feel it. And that's what our behavior is driven by, right? Like, you know, I might not actually be angry, but I'm appearing very angry right now, but I'm not angry. I'm actually hurt. My feelings are hurt. Mm -hmm. And once we can get to the, let's communicate about the hurt feelings and let go of the anger, that's where we actually see change. And we're offering our partners the opportunity to support us in that, you know, and like the agency of, I want to be on the couch. I'm going to make it happen. That's how I get my needs met mm. and see what that feels like, you know? And then I will say too, just in talking about needs and being able to communicate it effectively, I feel like there's a lot of power too in being able to recognize when our partners do meet our needs and reinforce it, right? There's lots of times when I tell my husband like, hey, I really appreciated that. That made me feel really good. That right there, I want more of that. Because right? mm -hmm. then that's something he's already doing and it's already something that he knows how to do. And it's just me reinforcing like, yeah, that was good. Good job. <laughs> 
day. It is such a simple and powerful strategy. If we just slowed down and did more of that, and actually for anyone listening, this is your task today is to go and acknowledge what your partner has done and ask for more of that because we're really good at pointing out the things that aren't done, the things that we don't want. And so then we spiral into that negative cycle and then we're not able to move forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, our partners end up feeling like they can't do anything right. And that's not at all what we're trying to do. We're in the mindset of, I'm just trying to get my needs met. Why can't you meet my needs? And, you know, they can feel really overwhelmed and defeated. And yeah, if we can give them the pat on the back of this is exactly what I wanted. Oh, okay. So we're we're speaking about the relationship. So let's kind of keep going in there. How can we then focus on the relationship with our partner when you are thrown into parenting? Yeah, that's, you know, one of the biggest sources of grief, I think stepmoms feel or and also probably don't feel recognized in is, yeah, we started a relationship the same time that we were at least playing with the idea of jumping into parenthood. Right. I was 26. When I met my partner, I was not at all thinking about having kids. I was well, far from that. And, mm. you know, started dating my husband and he's like, so I got a three-year-old and I'm like, what? So immediately as I'm, you know, trying to figure out when we're going to have our next date, he's talking to me about custody schedules or he's saying, okay, I'm almost there. I have to pack, you know, his diaper bag, you know, stuff like that. And it's like, oh, right. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of relationships make the mistake of seeing them at, I mean, they are running parallel. But to really tend to the relationship separately from the parenting aspect of it and being really intentional in that. So that means designated date nights where you are just getting to know one another like a typical couple would and, you know, not talking about potty training or not talking about. And it's not to say like, obviously, they're going to want to talk about their kids, absolutely Mm -hmm. talk about their kids, Mm -hmm. but also respect that. You know, you want to build your relationship together as a couple and then integrate in that family aspect. Um, And that goes to now. I mean, my husband and I, we have my stepson and we have a daughter together. And we went on a date night a couple nights ago and we intentionally did not talk about the kids. We didn't talk about any of that kind of stuff. It was, we actually reminisced about our first date. We were talking about the, trips that we want to go on this year, just the two of us, Mm. we were talking about, you know, his work goals and mine. And it was just like, you know, appreciating each other for who we are outside of being mom and dad and traditional couples get that, you know, support and that that's okay. And you should put your relationship first to be better parents for the kids, right? Blended families need that too. Absolutely. And especially to, I guess, give that stepmom that support because in a large way she's grieving that she didn't get that traditional Mm -hmm. relationship. So anytime a partner can say, you know, we're going on a date night, no kids, not talking about the kids that might be a drop in her bucket or she might be like, no, let's talk about the kids. No big deal. But the thing is, you know, really honoring each other as just a couple and giving that space to Give yourself that time that you didn't have because kids were already there. You're talking about this both end here. It's the grief in the relationship, right? It's the grief of not having 
the expected trajectory that again, you know, as little girls, we often don't grow up saying I'm going to be a stepmom one day. So there's grief around the expectation there. And then also it's the both end with joy and excitement and pleasure and exploration and fun, which are key ingredients for a relationship to develop and deepen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I feel that, you know, so much of our identity gets caught up in our relationships or who we are to other people. Mm -hmm. Um, And we start to lose ourselves in stepmotherhood in a big way because this is new to us and we're trying to figure out what we want. And then we lose sight of that relationship and the whole sole purpose as to why we're here. Right. Right. Like I tell my husband all the time. I love you. And that's why I'm here. (laughs) I didn't get into this relationship because I wanted to be a stepmom to your son. I got into this relationship because I love you. And I want to continue to invest in us and, you know, continue to learn about each other and grow and become stronger as a couple. Otherwise, everything else is just a lot harder. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about identity here, our relational identity, but also what advice would you give to stepmoms, even those newly entering into this space in terms of their own identity? Because the theme I think you're talking about too, is that people will jump into the relationship. And as all new relationships, we just start to lose a little bit of ourselves. Mm -hmm. But then you're also jumping into this parenting relationship as well. Yeah. I mean, I see it in the same um, context of new moms, right? Like you have a baby at home now and you're losing touch with your friends. You are immersed in spit up and diapers and stuff, and you forget who you were and the things that were important to you. Stem moms go through the same thing, right? It's, you know, okay, you're now thinking about custody schedules or you're thinking about homework and lunches and extracurriculars and family vacations And we didn't get this, you know, nine months of becoming familiar with the idea of being a parent. And then we didn't get the infancy where it's like, they're just a blob, right? And they just got not even those nine months. But I mean, you think of how many times people have the conversations beforehand with their partner of, hey, should we, should we, do we, want we, right? Yeah, Yeah. there's choice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. There was choice there because you're choosing your partner in Mm -hmm. context. This is you choosing your partner versus the choice of are we going to or not for children? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's always that person that will say, well, you had a choice. You decided to get with someone who had kids. And mm-hmm. to that, I have to say, if you met the love of your life and mm-hmm. they happened to have a kid, would you walk away? I just can't get behind that because mm-hmm. even though I've been with my husband, I mean, I will over and over and over again, choose him. Right. And it's like, this is a part of my life now and I'm working through it. But, you know, it's that identity that Mm. gets lost in, okay, I am navigating this new relationship, but I'm also dealing with all these other things. And then on top of it, oftentimes you don't become a stepmom and immediately have stepmom friends, right? It's the same isolation that new moms feel if they don't have moms in their lives, right? If all their friends are either still dating or newly married Mm -hmm. or or whatever, it is such that it takes a village type of feeling. And if you don't have stepmom friends, you feel really isolated. And that's where you get in your head and you start thinking, am I the only one that's having to deal with this? Am I crazy? Mm -hmm. Am I a terrible person? 
And, you know, it's difficult to talk freely about our lives because our friends don't get it. The anxiety that I feel before my stepkid comes over, Mm. or they don't know the relief that I feel when, you know, whatever. There's a lot of these platitudes that, that like come to mind for me, right? It's like, well, at least you have every other weekend off. Some of those yeah. toxic messages that get yeah. through, which then, Christina, I mean, you and I both from the therapist perspective can come back to the, at our core, right? You say you chose this. Mm-hmm. I know so many biological moms who have said, yeah, I was telling people how hard this was. And, you know, my mother's like, well, you chose to have kids. What'd you expect? Right. And it's, right. it comes back to this lack of compassion mm-hmm. that people hold for each other. And there's this, this element of comparative suffering in there. Like, mm-hmm. well, it's not that bad. You chose this. What so did minimizing. you expect? So yeah. minimizing and dismissive. And there's one thing that people like to do when they are uncomfortable with what you're sharing with them it's right. to put that out there it's yeah, absolutely instead of saying i can't really relate i don't really know what you're talking about but i'm really sorry you're going through this right i don't know what to say right now in this moment but i'm going to sit with you in this hard in these hard feelings right i feel like that that would be nice to say but the this is what you chose or you, you knew what you're getting into that's another thing a lot of stepmoms here you knew what you're getting into no i did not and neither does anyone right mm-hmm. like I chose graduate school. I chose this marriage. I chose, you know, that job. And I thought, I mean, you can read the job description, black and white. It's all there. But do you really know what's going on? Mm-hmm. No, no one does. So my advice for stepmoms, especially early on, is to really commit and recognize the people in your life that you want to keep there and the things that you would really enjoy and to continue to invest in it. And we can feel that guilty pool of, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't go out with my friends tonight because I should be home investing in the kids and my partner, you know, they have the kids right now. Maybe I should be doing this family stuff instead. And while that is totally understandable, it's also investing in yourself and your own happiness. And it's preventing that resentment that might build later. If you're shooting on yourself, if you're saying I should Mm -hmm. be doing this, but you really want to be doing this, it's going to end in resentment. So I really encourage stepmoms, keep in contact with those friends, continue going to the gym, don't give up painting, go to that concert that you want to go to. And if your previous life and your new life are destined to join, they will. But throwing yourself one way or the other is going to be a bumpier road. Mm. I love that you have said that to just continue to tune into all of you and your values and your identity. You worked hard to become her. Don't give up on her. Mm, I love that. She's done a lot for you. (laughs) Take care of her. Christina, I'm so grateful for our conversation today. Thank you for joining us here. Where can people find you? you? I'm on Instagram at Radical Stepmoms Podcast. And then I'm on, my website is RadicalStepmomsPodcast.com. That's where I am everywhere. So you can find me there. Yeah. And I will have all of the links in the show notes. So be sure to check out Christina. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. I'm so glad you joined me for today's episode. And we are releasing this just as we are going into Mother's Day. Here's the thing. I know that Mother's Day can bring up so many mixed emotions for people. And I want to pause and recognize you here. As Christina already shared, stepmoms don't get recognized on this day. 
I think it's really important for us to pause and check in with ourselves and also have this conversation with our partners so that we do feel recognized and acknowledged. I also want to recognize those who don't like this celebration because of all of the mixed emotions around your own mother or family relationships, perhaps those who don't feel celebrated or acknowledged, or even for those who experience grief and loss related to their own mother or family. One of my go-to questions for ourselves is to ask, what do I need to be well right now? Wherever you are for this day, take a pause and check in with yourself. When you ask yourself this question, listen. I want you to really listen to whatever shows up because here's what we're good when it comes to our needs. We are good at explaining them or justifying them or explaining them away and saying, no, no, I don't need that. It's okay. It's not that big of a deal. When you ask yourself this today, maybe you ask yourself now, or you ask yourself this over the weekend, what do I need to be well right now? I want you to listen to whatever comes up and what the first thing is, if it's to rest, to connect, give yourself permission, let go of guilt, to do something for you, to let go of something, whatever it is that shows up for you, I want you to really honor that and find a way to listen to it and to give you exactly what it is that you need. All right. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode. I would love to hear from you. And one of the best ways that you can support this space and this community here is by doing one of these few things. One, you can subscribe to the podcast. You can also share the podcast on your own socials and let people know how today's episode resonated for you. And also, I love hearing your reviews. I read every single one of them. Click the stars. Let me know what you think of today. Leave me a few lines or jump over to social and send me a DM or tag me on one of your shares. I love this community that we are building here. And I'm so grateful for every time you listen, when you click play, when you take me along on your walks with you. All right, until next week, take good care of you. Remember this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not substitute for the care from a licensed mental health care provider. What's up, guys? I'm Gabrielle Stone, host of FML Talk. After being love-bombed, married, and cheated on, trust me, I've got some perspective on love, heartbreak, trauma, and healing. FML Talk has become weekly therapy for my listeners, where I give you a safe space to heal with, of course, a few F-bombs thrown in. Fun girl talk episodes, solo episodes that will guide you on your healing journey, and guests with stories that will leave your jaw on the floor. Grab a cocktail and come hang with me every Wednesday on FML Talk.